Welcome to the Playing Hooky Podcast with your hosts, Rachel and Nathan, brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com, consistently rated adequate. Welcome, everybody, to the Playing Hooky Podcast. I am Rachel. And I'm Nathan. And thank you for joining us yet again. Uh, we apologize for the slight delay in your programming. If you will look to your left, you will see uh, the mountains in the distance. I don't know what that means, but uh, yeah, we uh, life's just been busy lately, so mm-hmm. um, we haven't been uh, on schedule per se. No, we're but about a week behind. A week behind where, where we wanted to be. Um, and I've heard that the one thing to make a successful podcast is consistency. Mm-hmm. So I think it's safe to say this is an unsuccessful podcast <laughs> but we're doing the best that we can yeah um yes. but what are we talking about today nathan today we are talking about stand up comedy also known as stand up comedy stand up comedy so we went to a couple of different comedy shows in the last uh, couple of weeks or so and um we got to see some funny mhm we got to have laugh attacks so many laughs. Um, so I think it'd be safe to say that you and I have different tastes and maybe stand-up comedy. Not like opposing tastes, no. but we're both like maybe drawn to different types of comedians, would you say? I mean, I, I think we have um, – yeah, I think like our our probably our uh, or originating points of comedy mm-hmm. is probably different, but I feel like um, we can overlap in a lot of places. Yeah, and I think the com- the comedians that I may initially find funny, you you like appreciate some of their comedy as well, and and vice versa. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think what I'm coming to realize too, because um, you know I'm, I've never really seen a lot of live comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, before um, we met, I think I'd only been to one comedy show. It was at a theater, um, and so I talk in front of my hand, my hand in front of my mouth while I'm podcasting, as if I've never done this before. Um, but, uh, I'd only been to one comedy show. And so I've found in the years since then that, um, even bad comics are more funny live. You think so? Yeah, I do. I think that it's much funnier when you're in a room full of people laughing than Mm -hmm. you're just sitting there by yourself. Yeah. It's that same thing's true with movies, right? Like if it's a really good movie, the whole experience is different when you see it in a theater versus Mm -hmm. when you're watching it at home. Yeah. Um, so what was, so let's talk about the comedians that we brought to the table. Mm -hmm. So I brought to the table, Jackie Cation and Maria Bamford, Mm -hmm. and you brought to the table. I brought to the table, Table, uh, Bobby Lee, and mm-hmm. then whoever opened for him because His, yeah. I can't remember. Can't remember their names either, but they no, were very Which is good. terrible. I actually spent a whole, like, I spent at least 45 seconds to a minute trying to find out who it was. A by whole minute? The <laughs> but I, I couldn't, minute. I couldn't find out. Actually, so I went to his website mm-hmm. and it just says TBA. Okay. And clearly... That doesn't help me. Right. And then I was like, well, I'll just look it up online. And mm-hmm. I looked it up in like 10 or 15 different variations of like Bobby Lee Chicago mm-hmm. opener, like Bobby Lee female comedian. Mm-hmm. Like, like the guy that opened the show, the guy that was like the host or whatever, um, he was just a local guy. And um, I don't really care what his name was. Okay. Like, <laughs> really, like he yeah. was just the guy that is local. It's like uh, the MC, the opener. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I didn't really care. Like he wasn't 
it wasn't very funny. So um, since we already like jumped in on Bobby Lee, like why don't you tell the people at home who maybe don't know about Bobby Lee's comedy, like a little bit about Bobby Lee and how you got into him? Um, I don't really know uh, a whole lot about his comedy because honestly, um, I, like he's just been an amusing character that mm-hmm. has been kind of like around since Mad TV, mm-hmm. and he doesn't really have any like comedy specials out or like anything like that. Um, but I listened to his podcast, Tiger Belly, and I've been listening to that for only just a couple of months, but mm-hmm. like, I've always been a fan of Bobby Lee. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I like f- a fan of him in the regards of like, he's kind of like a silly guy and he's very idiosyncratic. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've always just seen him around, like in the comedy. So when you saw him, like on podcasts or listening to his podcast, he was just—you found him amusing. He's yeah. silly. You liked kind of like the cut of his jib, but you'd never seen his stand-up before we went to see the show. No, I don't think I'd ever seen his stand-up. Like I'd heard about it, mm-hmm. and like I'd seen things on the internet, but um, there isn't really a lot of his stand-up out there. Right. Um, like I said, he's not—he doesn't have a special. But anyways. Um, he he was uh, on Mad TV in the 90s, I think mm-hmm. in the early 2000s, and he was on there for like eight years. So like the guy is funny, you know, people might remember him from that. And he's been on a bunch of different TV shows, and recently he was on a bunch of different TV shows. Um, he was on one that got canceled recently. But he's just kind of like a strange guy, you know, yeah. just a strange, like um, very eccentric personality. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to listen to a show called Opie and Anthony, mm-hmm. which was like a morning radio show. And he would be on there every once in a while. And I'd seen him on other podcasts. I think I'd seen him on um, Your Mom's House. I'd seen him on Joe Rogan's podcast. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I just kind of like enjoyed his presence, his humor, his brand of like mm-hmm. personality. Um, and so I started listening to his podcast. And pretty late, like it's been out for, he's been doing it for a long time, for like four or five years probably, mm-hmm. quite a while. And I only just started listening to it maybe like, six or eight months ago. Um, but I just find him very humorous, but I also find him very, like he's very open and honest and real about like his personality and like his life and his depressions and just stuff like that. So, um, when I heard he was coming to town, I was very excited because I wanted to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had heard like, he's probably going to get naked because mm-hmm. that's like his, it's always, it's like been his big closer, but I didn't really know what to expect as far as like his comedy was concerned. I right. didn't know what that was going to be like. So we took a, a trip up to the Chicagoland area, specifically sh- uh, the Schomburg to the Chicago mm-hmm. Improv up there. And, um, I get, so first of all, I got you the tickets for yeah. your birthday. It was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. Like you knew it was coming, but I had to tell you ahead of time just so that like you didn't accidentally schedule anything that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like my birthday present to you was tickets to go see Bobby Lee. Yeah. And that was like super fun. But before like we saw the show, uh, I just want to comment really quickly on the mall. Oh, my God. I forgot about the that. Schomburg yeah. Mall that the, the Chicago Improv is attached to was like it was like taking a step back in time. Yeah. Like every you listeners may have experienced this. I'm not sure. But my experience going into any mall in the past four to five years has been a really depressing um, state of affairs where it's like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of shops closed down or just like random kind of generic kitschy shops like this sells calendars. Right. Like even the best malls now. The fancy outdoor malls in the rich neighborhoods. Yeah. Even those are kind of like 
not a lot of people there, you know, maybe on a weekend, you know, you'll see a little bump, but mm-hmm. for the most part, just like most malls are pretty dead. Right. This mall was like straight out of the early to mid nineties, <laughs> mall rats, mall yeah. full of people. Yeah. It was a Friday night full of people, all ages, races, this demographics. Woodfield. Okay, so it's the Woodfield Mall in Schaumburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what Schaumburg is doing or the, what the Woodfield Mall is doing right, but something because it was it was packed yeah, and it, it was, was like lively. I was like, I can see why people want to come here. There's like a the ton day, going on. Yeah, it was the day after. It was the day after um, Valentine's. Valentine's. Yeah. So it wasn't even like it was. There was no holiday. It was just February fifteenth. And it was packed, and there wasn't any like special events going on. It was a Saturday, I'm remembering. It, yeah, it was, I a it was a Saturday. Friday. Yeah, it was yeah. a Saturday, but it was like it wasn't any particularly special no. Saturday. It was just like wall to wall, and like parking was impossible. Oh, parking was so hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had like I just I had not seen a mall that populated since yeah. probably like ninety eight, ninety nine. I mean, <laughs> when we were when when I lived in the Chicagoland area, um, I worked in the Oak Brook Mall, and on the weekends, that's an outdoor mall. On the weekends, even in the winter time, it would be pretty busy. Mm-hmm. But this was like this was old school. It was like holy shit. There's like hundreds of people in this mall. Yeah, maybe thousands. Yeah, it was, it, huge. Was, it was a lot. And it was like a huge mall, too. Yeah. Like, it built with all diff- many different levels and tiers, yeah. intricate. Like, if, if we got a little lost, not going to say. Like, yeah. we were walking around like, trying to kill time. Are we on the time. first floor? Are we on the third yeah. floor? What is going on right now? So that was, like, kind of fun and also a little bit of an oddity. Yeah. Um, but the the show in the, the Chicago Improv, um, like, the inside of the theater was... Um, so if you've never been to like live comedy show before, I've I've been to several and probably I've been to like six different theaters. Yeah. And um, if you're not seeing like a big name comedian like a Joe Rogan and Eddie Izzard, you know, uh, Bill Burr, someone who's going to draw like people to fill like a, um, like a, a theater, theater right. right? But you're just going to a club. More likely than not, your seating is going to be with another couple. So if you're going as two people, you'll most likely be sitting at a table with another couple of yeah. people. Um, oftentimes the chairs are uncomfortable. They're turned in an <laughs> awkward way to right. face the stage. Um, it's just the nature of yeah. the comedy club, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sometimes you'll have a table. Like most of the time there will be tables. Sometimes you go to really small ones and there's just chairs um, and then maybe like a little bar table nearby. But I have to say it wasn't too bad on the inside. It was pretty comfortable. Yeah. Um, it wasn't too squished uh, trying to pack in people to buy drinks or anything like that. Yeah. So it was a comfortable club. Yeah, actually, I, um, my my sort of uh, basis of comparison is, of course, the show that we went to before this one that we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the only other comedy club I had been to was when we went to see Ron Funches. In Bloomington. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't remember the name of that club, but that was like – when I think of like kind of a scabby comedy club, yeah. that's what I think of. But it's like you're, um, it's not really set up well. It's not theater style. It's just kind. Of, it's like, it's like a, a nightclub bar, whatever. You know, it's like they want you to drink, yeah, but then they want you to leave before you know when the show's over. Sure, it was, but, it's the comedy attic yeah. in Bloomington. And from what I, I've heard, a lot of comedians on their various podcasts and stuff talk about like. I've heard several comedians say that, like, they like the Bloomington Comedy Attic. Like, apparently mm-hmm. that is a fun room to perform in. Yeah, because it's real tight. It's like, very intimate. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was, like, not super comfortable. But th- this one was. It, yeah. You know, it's a bigger venue. I, I would say, like, it probably holds 
maybe 300 well, people. When I, when I said like kind of like scabby, mm-hmm. I, I kind of more meant like it gives you the traditional sensation of being like in that comedy club. Right. right? Like, With the brick wall, right, the spotlight. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like the improv in Schaumburg, the Chicago improv, um, it definitely is a nice place. Yeah. Right. But it gives you the impression of like a corporate sort of place like, a little bit. It, like everything is and and again very similar to the place that we'll talk about when we get to it in a minute but like it's like they perfected like this is a comedy venue right um you know we've got a theater system our sound system's great we know where we're putting people all of our waitresses are kind of like mm-hmm. working uh, or waiters waiters or waitresses are working off of like a you know very specific pattern in the room mm-hmm. um but yeah it yeah. was uh, it was very nice, but yeah, it was like. So speaking of waiters and waitresses, before we get to actual like mm-hmm. talking about Bobby Lee, um, almost every comedy club I've ever been to has a two drink minimum. Yeah. This one was kind of unique in that it had a two item per person minimum. So one of your items could be a meal or it could be a drink, whatever you wanted to do. And I'm not going to say it's like movie theater prices, like it's, but it is overpriced. Yeah. It's not cheap. And usually the food is kind of shit. Yeah. Usually. Although I think this place had some items that were really, really good. We just were not lucky enough to order those because <laughs> we were thinking like, Oh, we'll go out to dinner after this. So maybe we'll get a little snack. Yeah. So we ordered the chips and salsa, which was like someone sneezed and then chips and salsa appeared. Like it was yeah. very small. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like you're going to pay four or five bucks for chips and salsa when you could go and buy that bag of chips and salsa and like feed the entire room for five right. bucks. But for three or $4 more, you could have ordered like the nachos, yeah. which were just a heaping mountain of nachos. Yeah. And like afterwards I was like, Oh, we made a mistake. We should have just gotten the nachos. Well, you know, their fries were pretty good, though. Yeah, their fries yeah. were good. We yeah, because we, we we don't drink. Uh, as a general rule, I like. I mean, we're not like teetotalers, but... I don't know like what that means. People that... We're not straight edge. We're not like, oh, okay. you know, we're not, you know, temperance people. Like, we're not... Okay. Like, we're not recovering alcoholics. No. Well, let's, 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 like, go ahead and go into why we don't drink when we're out. Mostly, well, somebody's got to drive. That's the thing. Someone's got to drive, and I am a well. You you don't drink and like in, if there's a chance that you might drive. So yeah. typically, if if we're out and we're using a car, you won't drink no. just in case, right? Yeah, I've always been that way. Yeah, and then I don't drink except for when I'm at home because very little alcohol, <laughs> and I pass out and go to sleep. Yeah, Rachel's a one and done. Woman. I am like super duper lightweight like i i have like one guinness and when yeah. we found out why it's maybe it's not just because i'm a lightweight and i drink so infrequently it's because i cannot regulate how fast i drink things yeah she slams beverages down her face i do um, i can't sip anything and yeah. uh, that has like pretty um pretty uh negative results you know on that on that <laughs> that note that you just mentioned there um totally related to that uh, if you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll probably notice there's no video. And, um, I apologize for that, but what had happened was I just didn't want to record video. So, um, there isn't any. How is that related to me slamming <laughs> it's drinks? Not, it's okay. Not it's not at all. It's you just wanted unrelated. to bring it up? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to bring it up. I just wanted to bring it up. I wanted to apologize. You know, for some people, they really enjoy watching us and whatever. I don't know why. 
But anyways, I was very lazy and didn't want to pull out the camera and all the lights and all the video. And so we just said, let's podcast. Yeah, let's just talk. Also, it's kind of hard with our setup because we're always sitting next to each other. And it's hard to have a conversation that way. I really enjoy this better. Me too. Because I get to look at you when I talk to you Mm -hmm. instead of like looking at the camera and hoping that you can see my face. Right. Um, Or or what I do probably most of the time is look at you Mm -hmm. and then start talking before my face is in front of the microphone. Um, but these are all like very first world problems. Very first world problems. Maybe someday <laughs> if we ever get like rich and famous, yeah. we can have a better setup, yeah. but that's not likely well, to know, happen. It, well, in a, you know, someday we'll move into a different space and maybe we can, you know, better utilize. I, it would be what I would like to do ideally. Mm. We can get back to the conversation here in a second, but what I would like to do ideally is have a place where I could set the camera up and set the lights up permanently without having to like break them down every time because we record our podcast and essentially what is like, it's like a recording studio, but it's really not. It's kind of like a it's more like a, room. a dining room. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like a dining room, but like we, we game in here, we record podcasts in here. When we have friends over, we set at the table in here. Like it's kind of like our all purpose living space. And I've already built like a four foot by four foot or five foot by five foot, like a PVC tube blanket uh, recording recording booth. booth. And that's already a very large chunk of the room. If then I'd stick cameras and lights and don't ever take them down, that's kind of a pain in the ass too. But anyways, back to Doritos without the cheese flavoring on them. Oh yeah. The, the, the chips and salsa. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the food was good, Um, but the food wasn't why we were there. We were there for the comedy. So, um, you know, we can't break down in a way to kind of explain to people what the whole show was, yeah. but just like, what were your thoughts and your impressions having to see this, this person that you had kind of been a fan of for a long yeah. time to finally see their comedy life? Well, so, um, the, the, the MC, you know, he did like, I've got a shitty job and I've got a shitty car jokes and they were fine. Whatever. He was humorous local jokes yeah yeah he, he was humorous he was like ah chicago there's snow right am i right mm, yeah and, and then um the woman that opened for him i cannot find who she is keep talking and i'll do some googling you do some googling but um she was really really hilarious and uh i wish um she was she was like super raunchy too um which is my kind of style of joke and then um, I think she did like maybe 20 minutes, a half an hour. And then, uh, yeah, Bobby Lee got on and I have to say, I didn't really know what to anticipate, but like, I assumed he would be funny just cause he's a funny guy. And I couldn't tell you like any of the jokes that he did, not that I would want to anyways, but like, I thought he was much funnier than I thought he was going to be. Like I... I was really impressed by how funny, like, I just, I don't remember stopping my laughter. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. He was super hilarious. And it was sort of one of those circumstances where, like, there were times where, like, you know, like, my my sides physically hurt from laughing or I, like, couldn't catch my breath or, um, and, and. He, there were some jokes he made where I felt guilty for laughing, and that's mm-hmm. how you know it's probably a good comedy show. But I'd heard the same thing. Like I'd heard other comedians say on like Joe Rogan's podcast, and I think on the Your Mom's House podcast with um, uh, Tom Segura and Christina Pazinski, where 
they were had all commented like, oh, I was at the whatever the comedy store last night and Bobby was performing and he's just like, you know, really onto something and he's so funny and mm-hmm. like something. And so I, I knew it was going to be good because all yeah. these comedians I respected had said so, but it was fun yeah. to see him live for well, sure. And also I think he did four or five shows at like during that weekend. I think he yeah. did Friday, Saturday and Sunday. I think so. So, And, and I don't know of any other place where he did that many shows. And you could tell, like, the the audience were Bobby Lee fans. For like, sure. they were Bobby Lee fanatics. Like, people with, like, you know, Tiger Belly shirts and, like, custom-made stuff with his face on it. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I always, like, go into places like that and, and I'm like, oh, you know, I thought I was a fan. Like, uh, clearly I haven't, you know. I haven't stumbled upon that yet. Right. But, uh, yeah, I can't I find was, her name. I can't couldn't find her name anywhere. Like I said, I, I searched on the internet for like legitimately like 15 minutes. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't find anywhere. So if anybody knows what that comedian's name was. She was hilarious. If anybody was at that show or maybe um, I, I assume she came from L.A. She had mentioned like that she lived in L.A. But I think she was from the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if anybody was like at one of those shows or at a show adjacent to that or whatever, and you know who the female comic was that opened for him, let us know because I'd really like to follow her because she was fucking hilarious. Right. Yeah. We we were we were in such a frenzy uh, when we saw after we saw Bobby Lee and kind of starving because we were subsisting only on chips and salsa. And we went and got dinner, and I just didn't make a mental note of it. So yeah. apologies to that comedian, but yeah. you were we, hilarious. We drove from Indianapolis to Schaumburg and then walked around the mall for two hours because <laughs> we were we had arrived in Schaumburg. Yeah, not even then, two hours. It was like an hour. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like a decent period of time, then stood in line, mm-hmm. and then saw the show. And then by the time that was over, we were just like... <laughs> well, like in the the... To get up there was a little bit trying, too, because you had an appointment where you were supposed to be done at noon yeah. so that we could drive up there in plenty of time, yeah. go check into the hotel, and then go see the show. And the appointment that lasted till <laughs> noon actually lasted till 2. Yeah. I hadn't eaten yet. So I was like, fucking get on the road and get some food. And then by the time I got some food, I was like, okay, this is good. This is good. And then, like, I think that's – we had whatever we ate at 2, which I think was Chick-fil-A. Sorry. Um, not sorry. They're, Can't be mad at you. Chick-fil-A is the shit. Yeah, their waffle fries are pretty great. Look, you cannot like what Chick-fil-A is about, but how can you not like a chicken sandwich cooked well? That's true. It's true. I mean, you know, shut up and eat the chicken. You yeah. gotta vote for them. It's true. Um, I am buying what they're selling. It's I love the waffle <laughs> waffle here's okay. Sidetrack. Yeah. It's not just Chick-fil-A waffle fries, but in my opinion, waffle fries are the superior cut of fry because it increases the surface area. On which you can apply salt. Yeah, that's fair. I, I can get behind that concept. I do think that a waffle fry is better than a regular fry. Mm-hmm. But I do got to say, I kind of like me a curly fry. Mm. And and I get, but like, I like that seasoned, like, here's the thing. I like seasoned fries. I like curly fries. But really what I like is, and I don't know if they're still as good, but I, I really just like a Denny's seasoned curly fry. Hmm. That's what I like. Like Arby's can fuck off with their bullshit yeah, curly fries. I don't like Arby's. Yeah. I don't like Arby's. But what I really like, what I like more than anything, more than a waffle fry, more than a potato wedge, more than a country chunk nugget fry, <laughs> is a fucking tater tot. Yeah. <laughs> you could say what you want about all those other potato products. They are not like a homogenized chunk of hash brown potato smashed together in a perfect 
little cube missile to throw into your face. They are like perfect mouth shape. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and like, I don't know if you ever did this, but I would take some ketchup and some mustard and then like make a little Venn diagram where the two would meet. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, And you dip the, Oh yeah. Oh, we're getting hungry, huh? Yeah. The best, the best with like with fries or any kind of like potato product Mm -hmm. is the ketchup mustard mix. That was like my jam. Like your pepper ketchup concoction. Yeah. Which is, I think superior to all. Yeah. And that's fair. A little off the res for me, but um, the ketchup mustard mix. Mm-hmm. And then like I got a little bit of ketchup and a little bit of mustard over here in case I'm like yeah. my ratios are yep. off. Yep. That's that's the shit right Like, there. like a painter in, yeah. his, in his palette. Yep. 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 Just happy little clouds. Happy little clouds <laughs> with your tater tot. <laughs> so good. So the other comedian we saw. Uh-huh. So this was uh, before we went and saw Bobby Lee, and this was very much a last minute snap decision. And this is why it's good to follow your favorite comics on Instagram because I was not like searching out or looking for a comedy show to go to of some comedians I liked, but I happened to follow Jackie Cation on Instagram and Maria Bamford. Why would you follow Jackie Cation on Instagram though? Because Jackie Cation is a hilarious comedian that had one of the podcast that has a podcast and has for a long, long time called the dork forest Uh that I have been following and listening to for many, many years. And she's very funny. I like her brand of comedy. I feel I can identify with her. Uh, comedy and her ex- life experience because some of it echoes my own, even though she is a bit older than me. Um, I believe she's in her fifties, but like just the way she says it, like, I don't know. She had this one joke once that really like resonated with me <laughs> that um, is a Jackie Cation joke. She's like, I never knew how to talk to men. Whenever I had a crush on a boy, I would just stand next to them for years, <laughs> which was like, which I just, it's so funny, but it just like definitely like my approach to, dating and men for most of my early life. And then she has this other joke that she said, like, this is how she got me was that joke. And then the other one was just like, and despite my appearance, uh, or she, she would say something like, you know, like I, uh, my husband and I'm married to a man. Um, <laughs> that may surprise some of you based on my current appearance, but um, I'm however many years old and I have been to college. It's not like I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Implying that like everybody exper- experiments in college. Um, so she's just very funny. Um, and I follow her on Instagram and I was lucky enough uh, like a year and a half, maybe two years ago now, to be on her podcasts because I uh, sort of uh, figured out how to email her and (laughs) knew she was coming to Bloomington and was like, hey, uh, I think you're awesome. And I have a podcast that I do with my boyfriend at the time. And uh, like, uh, I think you're awesome. And I would love to be on your podcast. And she was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And she was super nice. And like, I got to be on her podcast and we talked about karate and she's just awesome, an awesome person. And like her, where we, we did, um, the podcast at her hotel and her like bed was lined with comic books. So she's like, she, I don't know. Like, that's just how I envision. Uh, that's the yeah. type of person I'm going to be when, as I continue well, to get older. And when we were, uh, also, uh, if you want to hear that episode of her podcast, if for some reason, you know who we are and you don't know who she is, I find that difficult to believe, but I'll link to that. But, uh, when we were, I was, so we drove there and we drove there on a night when we were like, so, so let me back up. Uh-huh. So I just saw on her podcast, she's like, or on her Instagram, um, shows tonight in Indianapolis. I'm opening up for Maria Bamford. And I was like, Nate, Maria Bamford's in Indianapolis tonight. And Jackie Cation is opening up for, her. can we go? And he's like, 
yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, I was so excited. And I was like, I asked him in such a way, like a little kid who expects their parents to say no. And I was like, can we go? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I think like, it was like, we? Yeah. yeah. No, I don't want to go to a comedy show. Yeah. I hate living. <laughs> I, I think it was like a weeknight though. Maybe. Yeah. I can't remember, but well, whatever. You're the, you're the like, um, you're the adult with a bedtime. I'm with, the adult yeah. who can just sort of like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I live like the French, you know, like, <laughs> like, oh, I'll stay up late. I'll have wine. I'll, you know, whatever. So um, I bought tickets to a show and it's January, Indianapolis. And, uh, like, I think I bought tickets the day of, and that night we go on our adventure, which happened to be maybe one of the coldest nights of the year. <clears throat> yeah, but that wasn't even the big concern for me. The big concern for me, sitting in the passenger seat of our vehicle, trying to find parking, was that everything was going on in downtown Indianapolis that night. And by everything, I mean a basketball game. Right. The Pacers. This pound, this pound, this pound. This town is stupid for basketball. It's true. It's like a love affair I can't begin to understand. We love basketball in Indiana. But so downtown Indianapolis on a Saturday night while the Pacers are playing was just ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Like you can't find parking anywhere. And and the comedy club we went to, Helium, is just like a block over from the field house. Yeah. So. And, and I I have some I have some like mild um, anxieties about time and being on time to things and being late to things. And, uh, I think something on the ticket must have said, like, if you're not here by this time, go fuck yourself, basically. Um, and so I was like, we got to find a parking spot. We got to find a parking spot. And you're like, well, how about I just drop you off Mm -hmm. and I'll go find a parking spot. And I remember being like, no, I don't want to be alone. That's irrational. Um, but then I was like, oh, they're probably not going to even let me in because I'm just used to like a much deeper degree of scrutiny, mm. I suppose. Perceived and, scrutiny. Like, like yeah. just, yeah. Like, like, I, you know, if I walk up and I go, my tickets are, I, so I worked in retail, I worked mm-hmm. for a cell phone company. Mm-hmm. And when an adult walked up and was like, I need something for my wife, mm-hmm. we had to be like, no, you mm-hmm. go, go get your wife. Or no, you get nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently at the comedy store, uh, and I don't mean the actual comedy right. store, I just mean like the place that sells comedy, <laughs> they are not, <laughs> they're just like, yeah, right. True. I meanwhile uh, managed to find parking, but I did have to walk about, mm, I'm going to say a third of a mile through downtown yeah. to get to you, get back to mm-hmm. where the comedy club was. And it was not, I was not scared or intimidated by any means because all things considered, Indianapolis is a very safe city um, just overall. But also there were so many people out and about. I think the basketball game started at the same time our show did. So um, it was it was just it was a madhouse. So eventually we got back to each other. Um, we had to wait in line forever to get seated. But then when we did get seated, this is where the kind of crappy comedy club seating came in. We got <laughs> we got put at like a teeny tiny bar table yeah. that was like a high top table. Yep. So you had those chairs that like where your feet dangle and don't touch the ground. And then um, it was just like very uncomfortable. And w- what's like a consistent complaint you have these days about sitting? Uh, that my butt hurts? Yeah. Basically, Nate can't sit without his butt always yeah, hurting. Yeah, I basically, I, I can't sit at all. Like, mm-hmm. if I sit for, like, 45 seconds, my my tailbone starts to hurt. 
Uh, we blame I cheap some, office chairs. I have chairs. some theories. It could be that I don't have an ass. It could be cheap office chairs, or it could be I have a tumor. Uh, probably not that, though. Um, I but, think you uh, just, we had a bad office chair, and yeah, you have no yeah, butt. Yeah, I just, I have, I have, I'm like a German shepherd. I have weak hips. Yeah. It's, <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny, because they do have no ass. They yeah. just kind of slope yep, down into right, nothing, right. just like just, you. Just hip dysplasia, can't run. Yeah. Uh, that's sad. Um, but anyways, yeah, um, but more uncomfortable, I felt, than sitting in the chair yeah. was sitting with the couple that we didn't know yeah. right next to us and being like, you're people. Yeah. I was like, you know, th- they were chatting and they asked me something about I don't know what. And then I was like, oh, have you ever seen Maria Bamford before? And they're like, no. I'm like, have you ever seen Jackie Cation before? And like, no, we just came out to the comedy club tonight. And I was like. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, because it doesn't occur to me that like most people don't follow comedy. They're just like, yeah, you're going to go see a comedian. Yeah. And I would think that like Bobby Lee, yeah, who tends to get somewhat naked at the end of his show, Maria Bamford also has a very specific kind of brand of comedy yeah. that if you are not like all in for, could be a little... Yeah. Uh, hard to process if you're not like yeah. ready for what you would see. Because... I don't think that she's inaccessible by any means, but it's like, it's not like your stereotypical comedian up there giving like punchline type jokes, you know, like one after the other. It's very like kind of surrealist. I I feel like um, years and years ago, she would have been considered like alternative Mm -hmm. comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think by any means she's that now. I think alternative comedy is like very different than it was. But I mean, like... um, like uh, Zach Galifianakis mm-hmm. and um, who were some other folks? Um, like Brian Pashane, Pashane, yeah, Brian Pashane, yeah, um, not Pashane. Um, Maybe Janine Garofalo. I don't know. Um, what's his name? Patton Oswalt. Patton um, Oswalt. I think like all those yeah. folks probably toured way. Dimitri back Dimitri Martin yeah. is another one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like it's uh, it's it's just it's comedy that kind of like has a bit of like a kind of flies in the face of comedy, right? And, and certain it's it's funny, but like maybe a tiny bit subversive, right? Yeah, and and I wouldn't even say she's she is that anymore. I think a lot of her comedy, like I think earlier in her career when I first became familiar with her in like the early two thousands, she had a special on Comedy Central. Her her comedy is very much like. She does jokes about real life experiences, and part of her act is like doing voices. Yeah, it's that very self deprecating. Yeah, too. very self deprecating. She does voices to kind of tell the story. She does a lot of impressions of her mother, but like her voice, her real voice is like very kind of high and squeaky. But then she'll she'll turn and do these voices of these very professional, crazy sounding mm-hmm. women, you know, like and it's 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 really like jarring and super funny. Um, it's a but, little like stream of consciousness. A little bit, yeah. And like now as she's gotten older and she's kind of opened up about like um, her mental health, uh, a lot of her comedy focuses kind of around like her life and how she's dealt with anxiety and depression and suicide and <laughs> suicide attempts rather and like her marriage and just kind of like the challenges of sort of navigating that with being an actress and a comedian right. in Hollywood. And it's very, very funny. And I think still very relatable if you're a woman, if you're a fan of comedy or if you have a mental illness, <laughs> but if you don't like comedy and you're not a woman and, or you don't understand how to laugh at yourself, right. if you have a mental illness, then 
maybe it's you're not going to get it. I've been following her since I was like a kid, probably yeah. since like the early 90s. Yeah, me too, like high school. And uh, like again, like her, like like a lot of other comedians, I've only ever seen her on television or like on the internet. And she was significantly more funny live than I thought. Like I, I assumed she'd be funny. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to go because like I know her comedy more than I know Jackie Cation. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard Jackie Cation, but like, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah. yeah. It's kind of she more was, my thing. She yeah. was super funny too. Yeah. You know, not to take anything away from her, but like Maria Bamford was uproariously funny. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah. I laughed my ass off from beginning to end. Me too. And I was like, I've been wanting to see her live for a while, but I don't know. I was always kind of on the, under the impression recently that she didn't have like a tour schedule because I think that may be like stressful for her. And so she does, she maybe like announces dates a little bit ahead of time. So she wasn't someone I was following to like check out and see like when they might be coming through Indy. Jackie, I do kind of keep track of, but this was sort of like a surprise to me. Um, maybe it shouldn't have been, but it was. And because I've seen Jackie twice before, once in Indianapolis during Gen Con when she was in town because her husband actually works in the gaming industry. And the other time she came to Bloomington Um, and she was working on some new material and it was like very funny. I laughed a lot. It was definitely like her brand of humor. I I enjoyed all of it. I would say it was like you could tell she was working on some new stuff and she had it probably like 90 percent of where she wanted it to be. And she was still working out some kinks. That didn't take away from it, but you could kind of see like there were some jokes that maybe she was experimenting with. Right. Um, still funny, but you know, things you could just kind of tell when things aren't like solid. Like that puzzle piece wasn't quite in place just yet. Right. But it, it's fun to see comedians who aren't on TV, like to see them live, because then you actually right. get to see the magic happen of how like where they are in the process of developing a joke, and like and then also, you get to see the finished product. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, al- and also like seeing their responses to uh, the, the how the crowd reacts, mm-hmm. how people laugh, if they laugh at something more than, you know, the comedian thought or like they don't laugh at all, you mm-hmm. know, it doesn't, doesn't hit. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I uh, and I think there's even one or two jokes that Maria Bamford might have also been like tweaking with a little mm-hmm. bit, but oh, so funny. Like yeah. the whole night was great. Yeah. Um, but the reason I say that, that I, I know that now, like... It's kind of one of those things like you don't know what to look for unless you know what to look for. Like, obviously, I don't know what their sets are. I don't know what jokes are new or what jokes are old. But having experienced comedians before, like about four years ago, I went to go see Tig Notaro Uh um, at a bigger venue in Bloomington. And then several months later, she came out with an HBO special. And I would say like the set and the jokes were about, you know, I would say like 95% the same, but the way she had evolved to deliver those jokes by the time the special came out Uh was like a little bit different. And I'm like, Oh, I remember that joke, but she, she said it like slightly differently when I saw her live. And like, she probably just like progressed to the point where she like nailed the wording and the delivery. She learned what she could get rid of. She learned how to time it properly. Right. It's really weird because, you know, we're kind of like doing a podcast here about, comedians, you know, comedians that we've seen recently and, you know, very standard for our format, but like podcasting in a lot of ways is the comedian's format. Like Mm -hmm. they, like comedians obviously didn't invent podcasting, Mm -hmm. but I feel like 
it's part of like the the comedian playbook now. Like mm-hmm. you get some some gigs, you do some stand up, then you like get a podcast to do while you're doing stand up, mm-hmm. and then I also feel like as fans of stand up comedy, and like I've always been a fan of stand up comedy, I just haven't been a fan of like live performances. I feel like it gives us a weird perspective because like we can watch those comedians and then listen to them talk about their art. Mm -hmm. And like we get kind of like a weird fly on the wall. So like when we go see the comedian, we're like, Oh, I get what he's doing right here. Mm -hmm. And I know why he's doing it. And Mm -hmm. like, it's, you know, there's no other style of like art Mm -hmm. where you would go and like you, you, you like, you don't watch a band on a podcast talk about like, you know, I was doing this riff and then like I screwed up. Maybe, maybe if you saw a documentary of like them in the studio, but that's, you know, that's not super accessible. Right. right? You know, you like, there aren't any like painters who were like, I'm going to paint this picture. And then next week I'm going to go display this picture. And if that picture doesn't work right, I'm going to repaint it. Right. Like comedy is the only thing really the only type of performance mm-hmm. where you can be involved in almost every stage mm-hmm. of that evolving art and like know what's happening and still be in to like really let it mm-hmm. run over you let it let you you know laugh at it let right. you, you know let you enjoy it so mm-hmm. it's just a really strange time to be a fan, a of, fan comedy. of comedy yeah, yeah. but I don't know. I love it. I do you will... want to do you want to talk about when we left? Oh no! <laughs> no, okay, I don't know. Enough, I enough. mean, <laughs> let's let's put it this way. Um, so the show started at the same time that the basketball game started, and because we saw two comedians do full sets with a small intermission in between, the basketball game ended at the same time the comedy show <laughs> ended, which means that. Nate and I had to walk very far to get back to the car in the opposite direction, opposing stream yeah. of, of of pedestrian traffic to people leaving the basketball game, which means that there were hundreds, if not thousands of people on the street. And some people were being very, very, very stupid. Um, like you do. Like you do. And how long is a basketball game? Like two, two and a half hours. I don't know. I don't know. No. I I I went to every single basketball game in high school, but only because I was in band, I've and I certainly wasn't paying game. attention. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So let's just say that there was someone acting a fool, uh, <laughs> in the crosswalk who was a white woman in her thirties, and therefore I felt empowered to kind of call her out for being a jackass, <laughs> and um, then I did. And her boyfriend proceeded to shout expletives at me. And then I, we were like, Nate was kind of like walking away. But then I and my leather jacket and mohawk felt empowered to yell expletives back at him. (laughs) And then Nate was just like, no, no, no. And then we're like walking away and he's like, please don't ever do that again. And he's like, he's like, I don't think you appreciate how quickly things can escalate. And I really didn't want to have to fight. And I was like, I would have been the one doing the fighting. And he's like, no, <laughs> I would have definitely also had to been doing fighting and neither one of us wants to get arrested. So I'm not going to say that what I did was right, but this, this middle-aged white lady was acting a fool in the middle of the street 
Hmm. harassing people in cars and maybe being one of those drunk white bitches yeah. that bangs on the hoods of people's cars because she thinks it's funny we, we definitely, and also running into me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. She, like, she did run into you. But we, we got really lucky in that regard because we were in the middle of a crosswalk because yeah. it felt like if that had happened on a sidewalk, mm-hmm. there would have been like some bows being thrown if that's what the kids say nowadays. I don't know. But like it was just poor judgment on my part. I shouldn't have said anything to her. I should have just like gotten bumped mm-hmm. into and walked away. But uh, I think the thing that really kind of pushed me over the edge was that she was like this poor guy pulled forward and he was just barely in the crosswalk in his car. And she was just being like a total jerk and banging on the hood of his car and making faces at him and flipping him off. And then she runs into me because she's not paying attention to where she's walking because she's too busy, yeah. you know, showing her ass. She's worried about what he's doing. Yeah. And and trying to hassle this guy who's in his car. And then I, she bumped into me and I was like, hey, I'm going to be a little salty with you. And mm-hmm. then her boyfriend called me names and then I, I yelled things what at he him. Called it. What, he, what he even said. Yeah. I think at that point you're like, your like bat radar to get to the other side of the street was up so bad because you were like I'm in a crowd and you might have already been wiggy and I'm yeah. pretty sure like you were drowning out all sound anyway. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, I uh, I might have mouthed off a little bit. So do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about um, before we wrap up? Like, we're gonna go see Bill Burr. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you want to talk about like? comedians that maybe got you into comedy in the first place so like maybe like foundationally like so we can kind of draw a line to what kind of comedy you enjoy okay um well i think i i i say like the first time i really started to get into comedy Mm -hmm. was when i was in elementary school comedy central was like a new thing yeah and I was very much a latchkey kid and left to my own devices and all the things were available for me to watch and was yeah. not monitored and could watch anything I wanted. So I did watch a lot of Comedy Central. For whatever reason, and I don't know why, Sinbad <laughs> had a special. <laughs> it was on all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> he had a special all the time on Comedy Central. I mean, that. With those like blue, we have, like. Zebas, yes, yeah. It was a Sinbad uh, special from the early nineties. I, I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've probably seen that special like a dozen times. Yeah, and now nobody talks about Sinbad. I think he's just retired no. and rolling in money. I don't know. Uh, I hope no. that's what he's doing. But anyway, that really got me into comedy. Was watching that Sinbad special because I was like just old enough to get the humor, um, and. I mean, he had some really funny jokes, just the jokes he would tell about his family and his mom. He had this one joke about how, like, his mom had a magic arm where she could reach out and just, like, you know, like, he'd, he was, like, mouthing off. And then he'd run out the the, the screen door and she'd be like, don't you run from me uh-huh. and, like, throw him down. And I was like, I could relate to that because my mom never got physical with me, but she definitely had, like, a powerful backhand if I mouthed off. And I could just relate to it. And it was it was really funny. So that's the first time I remember really being like... Oh, I love stand-up comedy. And then um, my grandparents had HBO, and I remember watching, um, I think it's Bigger and Blacker, the Chris Rock special. Uh-huh. That also, <laughs> I love that. And I don't I don't know if it just was coincidence, but most of the comedians I really liked when I was in middle school and high school were black comedians. Um, I, I don't know why that just happened to be what I saw a lot of, but um, I think I like – um, Martin, I watched a lot of Martin. Mm-hmm. So a lot of in living color. Um, 
maybe that we only had Fox. I don't know. But <laughs> most of the comedy I liked were from black comedians and, and um, African-Americans. Um, but then when I got into high school, I had like a friend group that was really, really into Monty Python. Uh-huh. And, you know, you start to get interested in the friend things your friends are into. So like sort of that surrealist, dry British humor that's yeah. kind of off the wall and quirky. I really started to like. But I think the first time I watched a comedian – that I still watch that special and still laugh is um, Eddie Izzard had a special called Dress to Kill. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, I was done after that. I was like, this is this is the best thing I've ever seen. And I mean, I was between him and Chris Rock, like that's really, and, and this early Sinbad, like that's really what I started to get um, really, really into. Uh, and then it just kind of like evolved from there into more sketch comedy type stuff right. and things like that. And then stand up comedians. And I've always really been interested in, in just the format of like sort of like spoken voice and, and people just like one person standing on stage, commanding the whole room, right. telling a story. John Leguizamo had a special too, that I feel like was on HBO for a while in the late nineties, early two thousands yeah. where it wasn't it so was much like a one man show. It was a one man show. It wasn't comedy, but it was like humorous, but it was kind of like about his life growing up right. in New York. Um, that I also really liked. So that kind of like one man show type thing or yeah. one woman show I enjoyed. Um, Ellen DeGeneres, before she had her talk show and she got real big, she had a special on HBO too that was right. really popular and, and played a lot too. So I've, I've just, I've always liked it. Well, my, uh, my origins, I think like my beginnings for comedy. Um, well, before I get into like stand up comedians, um, you mentioned like sketch comedy. I can remember like some of my earliest memories as a kid were staying up late on Saturday night and watching Saturday night live. Mm-hmm. I loved Saturday night live yes. when I was a kid. I Me loved too. It. Me too. Yep. Um, I but was then, all about it. Like once we got cable, we, so we moved to a new town when I was like nine years old or something like that. And that town, you had to have cable. You couldn't get television. And so shortly after that comedy central started, it must've been like the very early nineties when we first got it and that's when the the first time actually that wasn't the first time but that's when i had almost constant access to kids in the hall okay yeah so i remember seeing kids in the hall a few years earlier on hbo mm-hmm. and it was just kind of like this weird obscure sketch comedy thing and you know for anybody listening if you don't know kids in the hall like quickly get help yeah. um but kids in the hall was like a huge like it it just immediately kind of spoke to my sense of humor. Mm-hmm. My sense of humor has always been kind of like off kilter, weird, like subversive. Um, but as far as like stand up comedy is concerned, uh, George Carlin was the first comedian where I was like, this is something I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember when I first heard or saw George Carlin, but it must have been. Something of his from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at that age, I probably was just attracted to an adult who swore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, like, my, I probably wasn't that evolved, but, you know, he too was just kind of like subversive and like, you know, kind of talking about like, these are all the rules that we've agreed upon and like, maybe they're not the right ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. And so, my comedy preference has always kind of been along those lines. Um, and then in like the late nineties or early two thousands, 
um, I discovered Bill Hicks and okay. I, I kind of followed Bill Hicks and, um, you know, once I had access to the internet, then, you know, I kind of, I, I discovered Joe Rogan. I discovered, um, you know, just a bunch of other comedians in a similar vein. And that's kind of where it went from there. So like mine tend to be like, you know, um, I really liked Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy raw. Like when I first yeah. heard that, of course, is I, I, I heard all this stuff like way earlier than I should. Mm-hmm. Like, did you ever, here's one thing that I feel like I saw way earlier than I should. I remember watching, now I don't know if I was watching it from the hallway where no grownups could see me, but I remember seeing Sam Kennison on TV. Oh my God. I, I can't even believe I forgot about Sam Kennison. Sam Kennison, like seeing Sam Kennison stand up. Was killer, so funny. Even yeah. as a little Andrew kid, Dice Clay, like, well, I, like, I would never get into I, Andrew Dice Clay. I, but. I, I, well, you have to, you have to think like, you know, eight years old, seven yeah. years old, like way too young, and here's just like a guy saying curse word nursery rhymes. Mm, yeah. like, <laughs> of course, someone with that level of maturity yeah. is going to be like, this is great. No, I'm not saying talking shit about Andrew Dice Clay. I'm just saying like. That never appealed to me, and I never really saw anything by him. But I even I remember being little and seeing Sam Kennison and thinking like I knew that what he was saying was funny, even mm-hmm. if I didn't understand. Oh all yeah, of it. Sam Kennison was crazy. Yeah, like, absolutely. Um, but a lot of the things I think at that time, mm-hmm. you know, your parents maybe try to shelter you from. Mm-hmm. But I think when you hear, like at least for me, when I would hear about like, oh, there's this thing you're not supposed to hear it. I immediately was like, what's two live crew? And how do I hear yeah. me so horny? Right. Yeah. Like th- I want to know what that is. I want to like, what, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a different world now, but, um, at the time, all of those things are kind of like what influenced me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was big into Frank Zappa, um, who's not a comedian, but like very odd, um, sort of eccentric musician who has like a lot of kind of crude humor in the music and just kind of all those things sort of overlapped. So Um, did you also go through a Weird Al Yankovic phase when you were in middle school? So I didn't go through a Weird Al phase. Weird Al was just kind of like ever present. Like, Mm. like I've never been like a Weird Al fan. Like I, I was much more into like more edgy stuff, but I never would turn down a listen to Weird Al. I feel like between ages 12 to 16 I would have considered myself a Weird Al fan like I was I was definitely would have gone to a Weird Al concert I had a lot of friends who were like big Weird Al fans and I don't want to give the impression that like I felt like I was too good or too edgy for Mm -hmm. that kind of humor because like I said if somebody was like I got this Weird Al tape I'm gonna throw in I'd have Mm -hmm. been like cool but like at that point you wouldn't have sought it out no I was I was well beyond like you know, being interested in Weird Al, like mm-hmm. Weird Al was kind of like, you know, its own little thing, mm-hmm. you know, kind of kitty, you know, yeah. at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I was into. And, um, you know, it's just evolved from there. And, um, you know, I've been a fan of stand up comedy ever since I was a kid. It's one of the things that I enjoy. You know, I, I love music. Mm-hmm. I love gaming. And I love stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the, those are the things. But yeah, it's just I've I've been to way more concerts and playing way more games than I have been to actual live stand-up shows. So I'm glad now, as an adult, I'm getting to like actually go out and experience it. Mm-hmm. I uh, I'm excited to go see Bill Burr. Ron Funches is coming back through town too, but I think we made an executive decision yeah. to try and. 
hold off and save just a little bit of dough for going to visit the family again. But yeah, yeah, I, I like Bill Burr is another one. Um, you know, he hasn't been maybe around uh, as long as like you know some of those older guys. But I mean, he's been doing stand up comedy since like the nineties. Yeah, can I tell you the weird thing about Bill Burr? The first time that I became aware of Bill Burr was uh-huh. from Breaking Bad, uh-huh. and then I saw him do stand up somewhere. That's funny. Yeah, I saw him do stand up somewhere. I was somewhere. like, "Oh shit, Bill Burr's on fucking uh, Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad." So I saw him do stand up somewhere after that, and I was like, "Oh, that's the guy from Breaking Bad." And then I don't know what happened, but like I saw him on Breaking Bad, and then I saw the stand up. But in my mind, it's like Bill Burr has always existed. You know, <laughs> like it's not like Bill Burr showed up on the right. scene and no. sometime in the two thousands. I just Bill Burr is so funny, and I feel like he's so good uh-huh. it feels like he's been ar- I think, around forever i think if memory serves correctly bill burr came up through like deaf comedy jam that makes sense so like in the like late 80s or early 90s that makes sense because he makes fun of white people in a way that i feel like white people and black people can get behind <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. i was like every time i see like a bill burr joke i'm like you're right white people are stupid like <laughs> like it's just it's just yeah he's got like a really interesting perspective yeah 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 uh, then, you know, there's old Louie. You know, he was a cool comedian. And- here's here's what I'll say about Louie. He's really funny. Yeah. I liked his comedy. His show was really funny. Yeah. His comedy probably still is, but definitely was really funny. I just think there's, like, people who are, like, not going to be able to separate the artist from the art. Yeah. And that's too bad because, you know, for a stand-up comedian, even though – a lot of what's on stage is their persona. Like you were saying about Chris D'Elia, uh-huh. the Chris D'Elia we see on stage probably isn't like the Chris D'Elia that interacts with no. his friends and family, right? right? Like that's not really who that guy is, right. which is unfortunate because if that's true with Louie, you kind of want him to be the yeah. guy you see on stage, maybe the guy he is in real life. You know, you can never well, know, no, but it's hard. Here's the thing. I think he was the guy he is on stage. I think if you think about what he portrayed on stage, yeah. like, yes, he was a desperate masturbator. Yeah. Like, that doesn't seem to me to be out of, like, character yeah. for that. But it's all right if it's a character. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, it, you know, that's a whole, like, container full of worms that yeah, we could go. Like, open. we could have just a whole podcast talking about that. Yeah, this um, isn't going to be like... We're never going to do that. No, this isn't going to be like a Louis Apology no. podcast. But no. you can't deny, maybe some people can, I can't deny that I found him and find him very funny. And his show was hilarious. Yeah, no, yeah. he was... I mean, so. he was one of my, my favorite comedians. Um, but, you know, the same could be said of like a Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby was a legendary comedian. Mm-hmm. And he's a piece of shit. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) They are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't don't have any Bill Cosby albums. I'm not going to run out and buy any. No. Um, You know, so. um, And then, of course, Richard Pryor. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, like, Richard Pryor was someone you ever got into, but. I think that was, like, definitely, I didn't have any adults exposing me to the like kind of famous mm-hmm. classic comics of the seventies and eighties. So it was something that I never like listened to, but from what I've heard of George Carlin, if Richard Pryor is similar, I think it ages very well because it seemed like the things they were talking about were sort of tangentially topical, but more right. just like the human experience. Yeah. Um, so I would like to listen to some Richard Pryor 
um, knowing that it maybe it's not going to like, I'm not going to be able to relate to it and it, it's right. going to be gut busting like it would be if I were, right. if it were the seventies, but no, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm a fan cause I've not listened to his stuff really. Yeah. It was one thing that I really kind of had in common with my parents is that, um, you know, I, I didn't really get along great with them growing up, mm-hmm. but every once in a while, like, you know, my dad would put on a comedy album or, you know, like my parents are really big comedy fans. And I think it's just something, you know, that we shared that we had a lot of good memories around and it didn't really, the age wasn't really a concern because, you know, they didn't have stupid kids. Like they maybe had kids that were a little bit more mature in ways than they should have been. Okay. You yeah. know, n- not, necessarily, I would say, not necessarily like I'm more mature than anybody, but like maybe we were I growing think, up a little quicker. I think you and your brother compared to the average, certainly compared to, I think you and me compared to most kids today when we were kids were way more street streets, street smart and, <laughs> and worldly because yeah. we had very difficult circumstances we were growing up in. Right. I think compared to other kids at the time, probably that's also true for you and your brother where you were just like a little more savvy on the way the world actually worked. You yeah, know, your parents right. didn't protect you for much because that's no, just not right. the way it's life not, was. Yeah, it's just yeah. not how it's just not yeah. how we were raised, and it's definitely not how they were raised. Right. You know, so it's you know how how we would raise kids today is definitely different than how we were raised for sure. Um, yeah. You know, for good or for ill, I think your kids should have a little bit more protection. But you know, back then it was like, hey, you know. If you're old enough to get the joke, you're old enough to stay in the room and listen to it. Yeah. You know, and uh, maybe some of the jokes you didn't quite get. And then a couple of years later, you're like, oh. oh, but that's true of like every single yeah. movie ever made. Yeah. You watch it and then 10 years later you watch it and you're like, I had no idea what they were talking about yeah, there. Right, right. <laughs> you just make a lot of your, it's like your brain is good at making assumptions and filling in the gaps and then yeah. just, you know, going along with it. So anyway, cool talk, bro. Yeah. What about um, like Tom Segura? That's another one that we're yeah. Both well, big Tom Segura is awesome, yeah. but I, I think uh, Tom Segura is like kind of um, in in my comedy experiences, mm-hmm. um, maybe only like ten years. Mm. You know, it's hard to say because like you know I've been following. You know, I think I got my first like Joe Rogan comedy album, which is like I don't even remember what it's called, but it's like this purple mm-hmm. covered album with his face on it. He has hair. Um, and I think that came out like in the late nineties, I want to say. And so, you know, like I think since that time I've just been following them. I mean, before I kind of like got rid of my entire music collection, I mean, I had a significant, you know, dozens and dozens of comedy albums, Sure. you know, now like I don't have any CDs at all on, you know, iTunes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, Tom Segura, I probably discovered when they started having comedy on Pandora. Oh, okay. Because, like, you just type in a comedian, and then it would play other comedians that were, like, a similar style. Oh. And I'm pretty sure that's how. Um, I think the first Tom Segura album I ever heard was either Thrilled or White Chicks with Cornrows <laughs> or White Girls with Cornrows or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been listening to him for a long time. Um, but he's 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 another one like I didn't know he had a podcast. I mm-hmm. just knew he was a stand-up comedian and mm-hmm. then discovered his podcast. Yeah, his podcast is great. Their podcast is great. Well, should we wrap it up? Yes. Uh, what are we going to talk about next time? Uh, I don't know. 
Okay. What do you want to talk about next time? Well, last time, last time I gave suggestions, you were like, "No, I don't think so." Well, I mean, I'll, 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 I'd like to hear your suggestions. Um, what we we were walking home and you called. I'm going to be dead someday. The Joe Rogan came out in 2000. Okay. Um, well, I think on the way home, you were saying something I had to watch some show with the guy who has the mullet about a baseball player. Oh, uh, Eastbound and Down. Yeah, we're uh, we could talk about maybe we could talk about our rewatch of The Wire. Yeah, we could do that. Maybe. Yeah. Let's not make any specific, uh, you know. But we like, should probably come up with a plan. Off. Yeah, air. yeah, right, right. <laughs> we're gonna come up with a plan. A plan. Uh, you know. Um. Yeah, because I mean, this one was kind of like a little impromptu, not to like you know reveal too much Mm-mm. to draw back the curtain. Um, but been busy. Uh, Life's been yeah. hard this first yeah. couple months of the year. It's As, tax season. It's you know it's New it's, Year. Yeah, it's fucking trying to get back in a routine. Winter. Hard. Fucking everyone's sick all the time everywhere. Yeah. So it's hard. Yeah. But hopefully, uh, listening to this has been somewhat pleasant. To distract you from yeah. all that bullshit, as it has been for us. Too. Yeah, and if you have any comedians that you think we should check out um, that we didn't mention, or maybe you know you do somebody local that you like, or somebody that you know you think based on our comedy tastes mm-hmm. we should check out, definitely let us know. Leave us a comment wherever comments are sold. Yep. And if you have suggestions on what we should do next, what we should listen to, watch, go to, etc. For an idea for the podcast, do that too. Let us know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also that. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, I guess until next time, um, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, folks. This is Rachel from UtilityMuffinLabs.com. If you enjoyed the Playing Hooky podcast, think about supporting us. For more podcasts, art, videos, and gaming, go to UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Follow our podcast on Twitter, at HookyPodcast, on Instagram and Facebook at our Utility Muffin Labs name, and support us on YouTube at Utility Muffin Labs. Check out our other gaming-related podcasts, 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade and the Nerd Words Podcast. Thank you all for your support. Utility Muffin Labs, consistently rated adequate. Mm-hmm.